0: Rebel Guru Radio is sponsored by Cramp Medic, the most powerful cramp fighting supplement on the market.
2: I think it's an excellent product. I can honestly say for myself and this is of course a uh, difficult to say cuz it's coming from me, but I hope you take my word on it. I don't think there's anything out there better than Cramp Medic for leg cramps. I used to get them on a near daily basis, maybe every couple of days. I know that uh, when I had my motorcycle or bicycle, uh, my legs would be the worst. I would wake up in the middle of the night in pain. Uh, there have been times where I've thought about, maybe I should go to the emergency room. Since I've used Cramp medic, I probably use one serving and I will not have to reach into using this again probably for two, two and a half weeks. That is more than double what I felt was the recommended, like once for every seven days. That's how effective it is. I do think that people need to use it for two to three times to build up somehow in your in your system. We have mainly all positive reviews. Apple cider vinegar is what is going to reduce, you know, acid buildup in your muscle tissue very rapidly. Cayenne pepper is going to to expand your capillaries to move that blood into those tight cramping muscles that just do not want to let blood in there to soften it. It is very, very effective. It is going to get in there electrolytes very fast. It's going to do the job. It's just a great product. And that's what I have to say about it, crampmedic.com. The other thing I wanted to say is the Higher Balance Institute store, HBI, our higherbalance.com. Uh, we've worked very hard at reducing and slashing the pricing, trying to keep it as a mainstay price for uh, people have said over the years, it's too expensive for them and they can't afford it. Uh, I don't know what the next excuse is going to be because it is extremely affordable. Um, we're doing our best to do that. Having Cramp medic, finding other stuff to maneuver around so we can keep this thing going uh, has allowed us to bring those prices down uh we do have a lot a lot of material a lot of classes that are really excellent i feel uh You know, going probably for several dollars, some of those classes, Uh, probably at least 70, 80 percent off of what we charge, maybe even more. Uh, One thing we may do is maybe change around in the store like uh, uh, bi monthly or something, which modules we're offering because there's so many. I think people get lost in it. So if there is something you want, I strongly suggest you grab it before we start moving it around. But it will come available again. It just may take six months to a year before all those other ones start arriving. Uh, back for availability, and we're gonna start taking down some, probably to try to keep some organization to just the the bulk of uh, information there, which I'm very proud of. Um, so that's what I have to say on that. Please check out Higher Balance Institute, uh, you know, or HigherBalance.com, and uh, support Higher Balance. Please get uh, and try out uh, Cramp Medic for family, friends, anybody who has leg muscle problems or any kind of muscle problems in particular. It it truly is the best product out there. No foams, no creams. You don't have to run to the bathroom if you're working at the office to put on foams on your leg by pulling on your pants, trying to get to your legs. Uh, No need for tablets. One shot, seven days. Phenomenal.
0: If you are interested in acquiring Eric Pepin's books, visit higherbalancebooks.com.
3: There are seven kinds of men on earth. The first one is body center. They have a certain order as to how they see life. It's a very mechanicalized structured, orderly designed life. That's a level one. A level two is someone who is in the heart center, the emotional center. And those are your very spiritual new age kind of people. They speak a lot about free love, earthy love, your granola bar kind of people love your various forms of of touchy-feely love, and feel the love energy, and and the universe is about love, and mother love from the earth. Level three is the intellectual mind level. The mind level means that you understand the cosmos, the dynamics of it, the workings of it. You have an idea of how God's consciousness might move and interact with the world. You see the planet as a living organism. You see the higher truths, and you can integrate with love, and you can integrate with all the dynamics of level one and two, more or less. But because you're in level 3, you see it from a much larger perspective. You refine your consciousness. You refine your knowledge and your abilities. Level 1 to 2 isn't just one level. It's got like 50 parsecs in it. Do you understand? Different kind of offshoots of level 1 types. And as it approaches 2, it gets closer to becoming a 2. Do you understand? Same thing goes for 2. Because there's 50 kind of micro types to that that kind of branch out into different divisions. So your goal and your agenda is to become a level four human being. You want to become a level four man, per se. When you become a level four, it's as if you master the other three and it becomes the fourth. You enter that arena. Do you follow what I'm saying? By entering that, you have a much different understanding. Your spirituality dramatically increases and changes to a way that you can understand things beyond what you ever could do before. You want to begin to push yourself a little higher a little better, a little bit more expansiveness so that you can begin to approach that level four. And that comes from effort and that comes from work. We understand that there must be a level five man out there. There must be a level six and quite potentially a level seven. Now, supposedly nothing above a level seven can exist on the planet. And if it did, it would be extremely unique and extremely rare. I'm not asking you to think on me or where you would place me. That's not important and it's not something I'm interested in. Okay. What you have to understand though is that you can learn from me from certain examples that you can be in a very high place, but you can drop your octaves down so you can communicate better to others. So you can be at a very high level, but one of the things you learn from being in that high level is you learn to work the other levels down so that you can operate. This is to say, how come you guys know that there's certain times I, I talk to you, you should definitely know there's something different about me. Or that I come from a very higher place and I'm just speaking to you in such a way that's changing your tonal. Um, I'm sure to shift in this conversation a little bit later, and you're going to see different kinds of consciousness from me that I'm projecting out, okay? It's important that you try to see yourself on these certain levels, because if you don't, you have to have an idea where to begin your work on yourself, where to begin your refinement of awakening yourself, where to begin to bring yourself to the next level of consciousness. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's important that, that you don't say, oh, I'm happy where I'm at. How could you be happy where you're at if you can recognize that it's not further enough or, or good enough? Without making it to the fourth level, you're in big trouble. Okay? If you can't make it into the fourth, I would be very, very, very concerned. It could take years for you to reach or attain the proper state of consciousness to get there. Again, I said that there's almost like seven kinds of bodies. Essentially, you can see the seven kinds of body versus the first three versus the seven states of man. There is a correlation. Always remember, three and seven are really the secret numbers. The first body is your flesh. The second body is the electrical energy that coexists with your flesh to make your eyes blink, to make your mouth move, to make your heart tick and your lungs to expand and retract and your kidneys and your livers to function and so on and so forth. This is a second body. Do you understand that coexists with the first body? This is your electrical energy. Do you understand which is consumed and created through food you eat, through photosynthesis originally, that's captured from sunlight. cannot destroy energy. You can only recreate it. The third body is the creation of what you understand is the soul. Now, we understand that most human beings do not have souls, that they are biochemical beings who are probably made of two bodies, the first and the second, one of energy, one of flesh, that with their standard beliefs, do they create a third? Most likely not. They pacify themselves. They believe that they have a soul, but out of their laziness, it is more a way of gluttony And arrogance and ego that they somehow can conceive the concept of it and without any effort, they just automatically are given one like a acne soul press.
4: Boom, boom,
3: boom. Everybody gets one. okay? And if they want to think this and this gives them comfort in their life or some sense of feeling special, whatever, fine, so be it. They can think whatever they want. In my opinion, when they're dead, they're dead period. They, like in the atheist point of view, they have nothing to go on. Now, I feel sorry for your parents. I feel sorry for your siblings. I feel sorry for your friends that you've grown to love. It's not to say that they do not have loving care and emotions or that they were beautiful people or anything like that on a biochemical level they had all of these wonderful qualities. Now, having said all that, you either want to achieve a soul or you don't. And if you want to pacify yourself with this concept that everybody gets one, like there are free little pamphlets handed out and everybody gets to have one, you foolish. And it doesn't work that way. That's what I believe. It comes from effort. It comes from work. It comes from self-reflection. The third soul, much like your brain, your so-called intelligence, is to say, I think, therefore, I am. The soul is created from reflection and self-pondering is the very beginnings of its most subtle beginnings. It doesn't mean it's strong enough yet. It doesn't mean that you've really created a third body yet. It comes in its creation from work and effort that it becomes stronger. It becomes stronger by thinking about your body and realizing how mechanical your body is. This only leaves only another presence, and that presence is to become aware of something more than yourself. By recognizing something more than yourself, it begins to stabilize. It begins its creation. It begins its birth. But it has no name. It has no way of knowing what it is. You have no way of fully understanding it with your biochemical brain. But yet... By trying to become aware of it, by learning, by studying, by trying to find new words so that you can define it, it literally begins to take structure. It begins to have some kind of mass an energy level. It is again to say that the body, the flesh, is a glass. And the water that's in it is your electrical energy. So you have two things, but there's really one and it serves one purpose. And that is to what? To give your body nourishment, per se the third body is created through evaporation, distilling per se. It is to say that you can extract from the pureness of the water and the clarity of the sea through glass and how clear and pristine it is, there is still a third body that can become created from it. And that is to separate the water from the mineral base. Thus it becomes a third body of water, correct? A very pure one. In some ways you can ironically can say that the water with the minerals is also much in the same way how electricity moves through your body. It is from the minerals you're taking. This is why they say take multiple vitamin supplements. What do the vitamins do for you? Do you even know? It's so that various currents of electricity can work with them, and certain pieces can also be used for building blocks for a very specific mechanism so that your your receiver of your liver has enough, per se, certain minerals to catch the electron from the brain to tell it what to do. Without it, it can't understand so by creating the third body, this is the full creation of the soul. And right now, you are in a distillation mode. Right now, because of you listening to me, because of you focus on me, you are distilling and creating your third body. And you're doing this through your third level of man, that by having the mental aptitude to begin to investigate internally. Now, let's take a closer look at level two man, because we looked at level one, and we can see how they are all external. There's very little internal going on in a level one man. The second level, though, um, has a level of what I consider biochemical emotion too much, or that they put so much in this surrender state that they don't actually are, are capable of grasping something or attaining it because they don't have very good self-discipline do you understand i find that a lot of people that are on the second level tend to utilize drugs per se particularly in marijuana okay or alcohol in some cases to help loosen them up it's a very lazy man level do you understand that by feeling something they have to use something to help them feel something do you understand to force them to open up They're very lazy spiritually, and therefore they're what I call earth-tonal kind of mother-love energy. But there are a lot of New Age people that are on the upper level that are heading into the third that have surrendered the drugs, and they've become more and more complex in their understanding of things, that somehow they survived instead of crystallizing in some of the mid-levels or lower levels of the second level. You want to have uh, an ability to recognize people at that place and that they are still crystallized. But we don't think of this emotional place as being crystallizing. But, you know, I've always said that uh, the first level feels like a solid crystallization. That's where they are. You can feel that when you think about it. But The second level doesn't quite have that kind of way of solidifying it because it's, it's like you think of that love thing. There seems to be like a lot of flexibility in it. Correct. It's just kind of some of this like other way of thinking. And I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's like the earth energy. The earth's kind of like a snake. And the snake wants to hug you and love you, but it also bites you the second you retract from it. And what does it bite you with? Poison. And what does the poison do? It makes you feel numb. It makes you feel like things don't matter. Everything's okay. Life is good. And what does pop do? What do drugs do in a, while, a lot of ways? Almost the same thing. When I say earth, what is really marijuana, which is the prime source of this particular subject? It's an earth substance and I believe that there's a correlation there. I believe that it's not just there because it just happens. I believe there's a purpose behind it. Marijuana is extremely dependent on its symbian relationship for human beings. Because of its potency level being completely unnatural now, it has to be done and in, in graded, whatever. So its symbiotic relationship is a way of seducing and keeping them numb and keeping them addicted and keeping them cycling so that it can keep producing itself. And therefore, it's mastered most human beings. It's, wow. it's forced them into Absolutely. that cycle. This love level can be very dangerous, in my opinion. It's hard to get through because people can become suffocated with a love energy. They cease growing, but they they seem to want to just flower. They perpetuate in the one particular chemical emotion of that feels good. And this is why a lot of them turn to various kinds of drugs. Um, You'll find a lot of people who are are associated with love kind of energy, for a good portion of them, they deviate to a certain area, and that's usually self-gratification, which is a lot physical, but it's also another numb love kind of feeling. They want to see love. That's all they want to see. They want to feel love all the time. They want to be compassionate. They want to be, a, and all of those things are good. But in a way, they're saying, well, if you're not like us, then you can't understand it. And that's not true at all. Their love usually is very fake, in my opinion. Most of the people who use drugs that proclaim a lot of love, I find that underneath, when you really have a closer observation, they're very manipulative and selfish people. So you have to take a close look and don't be deceived by what is presented. There is wonderful qualities in love, but in the most part, it's not exactly what it's meant to be because most people are liars. It is human nature. So that's the second kind of energy. It's the second kind of human being, and there's a big spectrum of it. By understanding these three levels and you practicing them, you will have great insight when you look at people. You will have a greater understanding than you could ever imagine. We have level one, level two, level three. What I want you to particularly understand is that these are most definitely structured areas. It's not to say always that there is such a definite point of becoming level two that you could say that people tend to deviate between two points. That is a process of growing. Sometimes you sit here, you get a certain level of knowledge, and you're humming, right? And you could say that you're when you're humming, from my class, you're here. But as you get sucked into life, your humming stops and it goes down here. And you start dealing with your life, okay? But it is to say that you were here before. So you came to me here, you got up to here, and when you left, you dropped down a couple octaves and you're, you're about here now. You're a little bit more than you were before. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's to say there is a, a flux That happens consistently. But as you build, you come down, you build, you come up. I used to always say to you guys when you guys meditate that you would get something. You never really lost it, but there's some kind of accumulation no matter how much you think you forgot or you lost. You still gain. So don't think that there's a specific point. This is how human beings think. You're either this or you're either that. There is room for flexibility. So it's as you build, you are able to sustain for longer periods. And then as you build here and you start to sustain solidly here, you're able then to use that to push yourself even higher. Eventually, you keep building until you've got a solid enough platform to continuously pushing yourself higher through your endeavors. Can
1: different eyes be on different levels?
3: Well, this is, again, a contribution to why you have this flexibility, which one's dominating and how much. How much time you give particular eyes, of course, naturally has a bigger effect. So let's say you have your everyday eyes that are baking and cooking and shopping and going out and doing trivial things, and then all of a sudden you're becoming more and more spiritual. So what are you doing most of your time? Now you're going to your spiritual meetings. You're doing spiritual things. You start buying spiritual things for your house, stuff that's spiritual constantly. is more occupying your eye time dominating your total vibration then as an accumulation you're changing you're progressing who you are is always changing
4: so that would affect
1: the level of your other eyes also
3: yes because inevitably you begin to either have less need for them because you see the triviality and in their place you create greater ones or it's to say that your eyes become more complicated they learn You could say that all of you guys have changed since you've met me. If you look, you must have had a lot of powerful eyes originally. Through confrontation through me, through study, through work, you've lost a lot of them. Do you see what I'm saying? And new ones have been replaced. But it's one of those things, again, that you don't necessarily see or feel. It's something that changes so subtly you don't know what's going on. It's like, do you feel the hair in your head growing? Yet, it grows. Yet, it can significantly make a difference in a short period of time, can it not? When we speak of level one, level two, level three, we use this in a way that we can just say this is where they're at for a quick reference. You could say, well, I met this person. He's definitely a definitely a solid level three. What does that mean? That means for sure he's somewhere in here. We don't have to worry about how much of a debate we're going to get where his foo is. Or if he's kind of a three level or, you know, I, I would say he's about a three. That means you're hesitating. That means easily he's, he's walking the border. Do you understand what I'm saying? He hasn't quite put it all together yet.
4: You have to go through level...
3: I think that everybody starts out on level one and works themselves to level two and level three. Some people just do it faster. Sometimes you have assistance from your family. Sometimes naturally something happened in your life from a grandfather or whatever. But you start off very mechanical as a child and you're you're introduced to stuff and, and through your introductions of what the people around you believe really is what affects you until eventually you can meet somebody powerful enough that can shock you and bring you up, much like your experiences for me. You can't
4: go
3: from level one to three. Um I think it's completely possible. I think with a strong teacher, yes. I think also sometimes without a strong teacher. I think some people just that. It's, I think at some point you had to have traveled through some level two in order to get to a level three. I mean, naturally we have all of these in us as we as we as I described earlier. We have these centers in other ways. We have the mind, the body, and the spirit. We have emotions. So we have all these things. It's just it's just a different way of looking at them from a different parsec per se. But you you had to go through a level of emotion in order to be able to make sense of three. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you didn't, you you wouldn't really be able to make it far into three. You would be all computer, but by being all computer, it in a way would bring you back down to here. You need the level two to to become electrical in other ways to to think without being on the tracks that you could float above them but still understand them. In order to make it to the third, you need some level of understanding. And so by just biologically, you're forced to kind of learn certain basic attributes.
4: I've met people that have been strong threes and none of the other two.
3: Well, if there's, if there's strong threes, don't be fooled. They're really strong ones. In order to get to three, you must have the support of one and two. To get to two, okay. you still must have the support of one in a way. Okay. So Do you understand? Good you good could be all mental. On. You could be brilliant, but you still could be a one. Do you understand? It's because approaching forward becomes more of, a, of an energy level of thinking that becomes dimensional. I have heard cases where there have been people who are mathematicians who all of a sudden working math in their mind and looking at reality, looking at reality, looking at reality, looking at reality all of a sudden can make it go. It becomes hyperdimensional. They see the bars. They see objects moving through walls. They can see some level of dimension and they understand it. But just because they've done that it does not mean that they can still move with it. Where would that put them? It still puts them on a one. Just because you can see it does not mean you can conceive it.
4: So in actuality, one is not just body, two is not just heart. Precisely. It it
3: becomes some kind of, like a diamond. There's a different point. When you look through it, you can see all these other dimensions in it. You can't always say that somebody is one thing specifically that there are many combinations and intricacies that really define what the potential, what the level of that person is, okay? But a mathematician may brilliantly understand the the whole quantum physics of the universe. It doesn't mean they can move through it. An atheist can be a level three up to a certain point. You see, instead of taking level two and understanding true emotion, okay, they only understand biochemical emotion. So it's a poor substitute, but it's to say you can take an old Volkswagen car and still get to where your destination is, but maybe not going to take you to level four. It's not going to take you across the country or over the sea. Do you understand what I'm saying? That you can have certain things that you can figure out on your own, okay, through certain kinds of observations, but never really of understood it. Don't you have to have some sort of
4: comprehension of the force or God in order to
3: Yes, that's what comes in the third level. Remember, there's different levels to level three. When you're in level three or level one, in this proximity, this is 50 levels inside of that. You're looking at the same thing, but from a different point. But it's still consistently the same thing. You're not moving. It's a trick. It's a hologram. It's like in Star Trek, when they had this hologram who came to life, and he says, I think, therefore I am... And he took over the ship. So what did they do? They created a fake reality for him. They projected themselves into the hologram, and they made him believe he could come out of the hologram and walk around. But instead, he was really on a little microchip. So they put it in there, but he was still traveling around his own dimension, but it was a whole computer program generated. So in a way, they think that they're moving ahead, but they can't. They've done all that they can in this life. They have to come back here and start to restudy And understand so they can build it stronger to come back here. In truth, they're in the computer chip. And where's the computer chip really? One. Precisely. They've always been on one. They think they're at three. They kind of have the attributes of three. They're working on a dimensional three that's really within one. Time is not what you think it is. Space and dimension is not what you think it is. You need someone who can see from above. You're in a maze. You need someone to say, take a left. Take a right because I could see the whole thing. And it takes what? Trust. If you don't have trust and you don't take the help, you can't be helped and you're not going to be found. Once you realize you're in that place and you know you have to have trust and you need help, you've accepted that. Maybe you don't completely trust the person who's helping you. What difference does it make? You're going to be lost without it, so you might as well take a chance and gamble on the person you're trusting. I mean, think about it. It doesn't take much to figure that out. Don't move so quickly. Take your time. Don't try to understand so much with your brain right now. Do you follow what I'm saying? The brain cannot give you the answers you're looking for. It's just absolutely habitual that you guys keep going back to it because you don't know how to use anything else. When I say you're moving forward, I mean you are progressing. That's what's important. You are progressing. Don't worry if you guys are stagnating or not. You've made it to where you are now, haven't you? Can you not look back and say, I have made significant progress? So why be concerned with the enemy your brain telling you now, well, you could be stuck going in a loop. You know as a fact, you're not. So why concern your future now by panicking by something you haven't even approached yet? You're already dismantling your success. Your enemy is already winning. Your eyes are already preventing you and your logic to win. Is everybody beginning to understand just how complex this level is I'm taking you? You're probably going to forget again. That's the bitch about it. Have a tape. but It'll never be the same. And you know what else? This is work. Don't you feel a little exhausted right now? It's work. You know why? You're pushing your energy. Like a physical workout, you are pushing your energy to understand what you just did. It's not so much that, okay, a brilliant scientist comes from Russia, absolute genius brilliance, and he sits down with some other American scientists, and they're talking. And he says, you know, a uh, 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 tubular, and uh, you, you know what is the word, da-da-da-da-da-da, and they're talking, and they go, well, you know, he's a nice guy, but he's not really that smart. Why is he not that smart? because of the limitation of his English word. Now, if you spoke to him in Russian, he'd be particle physics, split, biomolecular, fourth place, move the third to the tenth power, pa- and he'd be able to take you through this intense journey. There are words in other languages that there's no words for in English. I was talking to my mother, and I was saying, tell my grandfather, blah, 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 blah. She says, well, there's no word in German for that. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, there's no word that I know of that will explain that. I said, well, then tell them blah, 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 blah. She says, there's no word for it. And I'm like, well, how do you guys talk? She says, I don't know. She says, I understand in English what you mean. But she says, there's just no way to explain that in German. So we had to keep refining it and simplifying and simplifying it until finally she found something that she could work with. And offer that to him and hope that between his language and Austrian and German that there were other words to expand his thinking was so he could grasp what was the, the concept. What have I always said is my biggest problem taking hyperdimensional thinking and giving it to you? Explaining it. Explaining it. I'm always using analogies. I'm always using really weird words or I'm demonstrating, throwing my body around. I'm using my body communication, my sound communication, my facial communication, and I'm using every – I'm throwing pots, pans, kitchen sinks at you, my goddamn shoe, trying to get you to understand what there is no word for. I'm trying to make you guys understand something to help you conceive so you can construct some kind of energy body so that you can begin to understand it. There are just some things in English that just cannot be explained, and some things in any language that cannot be explained. You could take Chinese, they might have 30,000 words, where the English language we might have 15,000. I mean, really think about that. Words are the way that we communicate this dimension to take one person's total visionary world in their mind and give it to another person to explore. I can't bring you to where you need to get unless I can find ways to communicate what I'm saying to you that you you get it. Your organic brain cannot process the data fast enough. It is an 8086 computer. Here is, let's say, the brain. It's an organ. How it works is, is it has, let's say, low radiation impulses. Okay, that's one. You ready? You're going to see something now. Where where, where are we going to end up at again? Three. Okay. Now we have chemical. And what's the third? Electrical. Do you see, again, we're at three again? Now, when you develop into a state where you're meditating or you're going to that state of mind, you create an electrical field brain that's still somehow connected, but it's moving at the speed of light. It's hyperdimensional. They're occupying the same amount of space, and they're trying to receive data. They're trying to work with each other. Okay, So this high-speed data, you can be conscious of. It is you. And when it's finally finished what it's doing, or it's time for you to simmer down a little bit, it tries to take this and slow it down so that it can become part of the organic. The chemical is really the slowest, and that's what you use almost probably 90% to work with, let's say. Now, who's saying my figures are correct or not? Again, I'm trying to teach you a concept. It's about communication data. I don't care what the science is specifically. What's more important is you grasp the concepts. That's what will free you. The low radiation impulses are essentially your first connection, per se. But because this is only, let's say, 2% and this here is going to be 8%, It's minimal because it has to go now from hyperdimensional speed to this, to low radiation. The low radiation loses that immediately because it can't handle the speed at least 60% of the data. It's like writing a program file and all of a sudden it's corrupted. Why? Because you lost some data. What happened? Do you understand what I'm saying? For those of you who understand computers, now we're sitting here. We lost 60. That gives us 40. And now that's slowing down to electrical. Okay? So here we now, the electrical loses a bunch of it, and it gives us maybe 5% left. The 5% that slows down enough so that it can go chemical, so it can write to organic, and chemical still looks slightly faster than the organic placement of it. It's like putting it in files and draws to be used later. So now we've gotten down to probably less than 1% of the data.
4: That's why all you have is images when you try to break it down constructively later. flashes. Precisely.
3: Because it's still static electricity. The brain just is just incapable of storing it fast enough. And it's only usable because you reside 99.9% of your time in this biochemical physical level. So by building a second body or a third body, per se, or your fourth body, what happens is, is you incorporate it, and it's kind of like... I don't know if there's this a word for it yet, but... Okay, here. It's to say that you simply have learned to speed up your process, in a way. It's to say that you started off first with this part of the brain, okay? And that part of the brain was called reptilian. Then you have the second part of the brain that's called mammalian. This is evolution. And then the third part of the brain, which was called neocortex. So slow, very slow, medium speed, and then much faster. Okay? Now we have what again? Three. Okay? Now, once we have that completion of level, you could say that you developed what? Your frontal lobe, which really transcends a lot more thought and makes it together, does not fully develop until you're like 21 to 22 years old. You've learned now to process data that was incapable of being understood. You could still see it with your eyes. You could still hear it with your ears. You could see things that we could, but you couldn't understand it. You couldn't grasp it. So this created a technology, a second one, which was able to grasp more of the data or the experiences you were getting. Thus creating the third, which was even way more beyond what animals had, so that it could work faster and better. And it made it seem like things solidified into your reality. When you collect energies from breathing exercises, energy exercises, meta-exercises, you create now a fourth brain. But it doesn't necessarily adhere to the level of just organic. If you can have electricity at 3% and low radiation stuff working at another percentage, why can't you increase their percentage of how much you operate with? What would happen if you brought those two energies up to 50% capacity. And they always ran at 50% capacity. Wouldn't you be able to hold a greater amount of energy because you were thinking in light, with light, instead of thinking with chemicals and a small portion with small bits of energy? Why not think with more energy?
4: When you meditate and you feel electrical charges, per se, like running through your head and you feel like tinglings and different heat sensations, would that be an effect of raising the low radiation and the electrical... No, so you're just becoming more aware of your
3: chemical okay. reactions. So you're just feeling on a more minute
4: level. Those are. Right.
3: But by feeling it and becoming aware of it, it begins to separate your energy so that you think more with energy. The more you're aware of your body, the less that you use chemicals in your brain. The chemicals can process data, but they don't acknowledge themselves. So you need something higher in a way to acknowledge the chemicals. And by doing so, you become more of that. And that's energy. You're actually feeling the chemicals moving in your head, yes. creating electricity? Yes. You separate from. So no longer can they store themselves in a wall. You need something else to store them. And that's what you start to think with. When you receive
4: microbes like probes of information, what's the percentage of data that you've
3: actually taken? In my organic brain I probably take in probably about fifty percent. And then the rest stays in hyperdimensional, but I contain because i i move around the knowledge or whatever my problem is, is it's not a problem thinking it or knowing it. i hundred i, I get a hundred percent it's when i try to move it into my organic brain and then try to vocalize the knowledge and try to find associations of thinking so that i can explain it. it's like somebody trying to translate a, a language a good translator can, can give answers but another translator who's listening to them they'll always say they didn't say that right that's not correct right you guys get that ever so it's like it's coming through, but I'm trying to give you the best, but always when it comes out, it can never be 100% true. It's always flawed. And a bad translator, I mean, they, it's not that they're bad, they have a good graspable language, but what are they doing? They're struggling to translate it in a way that you can understand it on your side. So is it
4: was a goal to create that form, body, whatever more, so you can collect more of this
3: data? Right, because you won't, then you won't need so much of a word from me. I can talk to you, and I can broadcast you from hyperdimensional thinking, and then you can just take the data. Sometimes I do this to you guys already. This is how you guys have gotten to where you guys have gotten in a lot of ways. It's not just from what I taught you; it's from literally pushing you. So would that
4: be the universal language, per
3: se? Well, emotion is a universal language in this dimension
4: only. Oh, no. It's still crude. Even the finer levels of emotion that you were talking about that aren't biochemical—they
3: probably work up to the
4: fifth one. They're still crude.
3: Through your dreams, you guys can learn different things so that you can experience things. It may not be, if it's a yellow bus, does it mean it's about the yellow bus? No. If it's a yellow school bus, does it mean it's about school? No. That is something that can work with your brain that is comfortable. It's simple blocks of stuff that don't shock the brain too much. It's the stuff that's in between that's really teaching you. The way somebody walked or the way somebody talked to you when they got off the bus. Or what it is that they said to you when they got off the bus rather than who they were walking off the bus. Or how it is that they looked you in the eye in a certain way that gave you a certain feeling. But yet everything else about the bus was just simply kids getting off the bus and it was a bad day at school and blah, 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 blah. And those are the
4: tones.
3: Those are the tones you in good. between. Those are those are certain resignations of learning. Sometimes there's more of those and many of those sometimes not sometimes it's 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 fear sometimes it's dealing with a situation that's overwhelming perhaps it's me getting off the bus but it it looks like some old aging man and you look in the eyes and you don't know quite what it is until later on it dawns on you that was eric how do you know it didn't look like eric didn't feel like eric but it was eric's eyes eric's presence so it taught you that you can look at other people, and there are things within them that you may not be seeing. You learned something from it. Is it necessarily
4: a bad thing? Because I'll have dreams of you, but I won't necessarily remember what happened.
3: It doesn't matter. You can't necessarily forget hyperdimensional knowledge. It's just that it, it needs to solidify, and it takes time. It might be a week, or a month, or a year. I mean, there's many times when I was younger that I received a lot of this kind of knowledge. And then 10 years later, I would remember a particular dream with a particular training in it. And then all of a sudden, I would understand how to deal with my current circumstance. You could say that there's things you're learning now that may not be useful for you for another 5, 10, 20 years. And it may not reoccur to you. All of you guys must have had some kind of flashback from an earlier, perhaps, dream. Or all of a sudden, you're looking at something that you could recall. for Sure, you, you had some kind of insight about this particular moment or this particular place. Not particularly deja vu, but a sense of knowingness, a sense of awareness to it. That's what you have to pay attention to. So I want to talk now about something that can prevent you from entering the fourth level. What can keep you from getting into the fourth level? There are things that are even beyond me that are laws. Pettiness. Will prevent you from moving to the next level. Selfishness will prevent you from moving to the next level. Anger will prevent you from moving from the next level. Too much love will prevent you from moving to the next level. Ego will guarantee you never entrance. Judgment and comparison will guarantee you you never will fully enter. fourth level you may enter slightly but you'll never make any distance it is like two magnets pushing against each other as hard as you try to push them together it takes an absolute amount of concentration to get them to even touch i say to you now that in this level your ego your pettiness there is no other end it's just simply power of repulse that will eventually outpower you and prevent you from moving forward All of your ego, all of your identities are really your eyes and they're not welcome in this place. They are incapable of going there because they are still chemical. They are solid. They can't go there. So as long as you hold on to them, as long as they are you, you will not be able to enter fully. I see a lot of ego. I see ego all the time. I see comparison all the time. I see judgment. It's time now to move beyond that. It's time now to show you real, real, what even transcends the word power. Power is petty. It's small. What is the meaning of petty? What does the word petty mean? Small. Inconsequential. Inconsequential, small, insignificant, meaningless. It's to say that all of us are concerned right now with the dirt that's within the fibers of the carpet five years ago underneath this. Do we even care really? And ego. What is ego? Tell me what is ego. What comes to mind with ego? Self-importance. Pride. Pride.
4: Relationship.
3: Ego can be very subtle. All of you guys have it, and all of you guys are controlled by it. Ego makes you a liar. Ego makes you lie to yourself. Ego makes you think of you more than what you are you lie to yourself because you dream of what you are or what you will become and it guarantees you to fail because when you decide that your ego isn't completely who you are then you're so disappointed with yourself that it, it's absolutely wanting what it's tried to do it's tried to make you give up we lie to ourselves all of the time you must transcend that you must go beyond that you must shed it for you forever will be in battle. You will forever use your ego and being concerned. Who's moving ahead, who's moving behind? The only people who are moving ahead deserve to move ahead. You know why? Because they've earned it. The people who will make it are the people who seek it out in earnest, in honesty, and sincerity in their heart, and try to find the highest level of truth within them. It is not mindlessness. You still always have a sense of right and wrong. Who says it's mindlessness? You should know by now right and wrong. So therefore, you can move beyond that also. But pettiness, selfishness, control over someone succeeding beyond you, this is pettiness. Petty is vile. And you don't even know that you're doing it until it consumes you. And you may not even know where your pettiness or your ego is coming from. You simply are reacting. But if you really were to observe it, you would see the truth of where it's coming from. We must look at our own greed, our own pettiness. When I see people who act petty, I think that they are vile and disgusting. It is the one thing I do not like seeing in students because it shows me their true colors and they are not deserving of what they have learned so far. They are a molester of life. They are the most vile of vile of unwanted. They try to take what is not theirs through power, through manipulation, through what I call striking. And still it will always elude them. They are vengeful, they are selfish, they are childlike beings who are not worthy of the knowledge of the gods and the knowledge of the ancient ones. And they are not allowed entrance no matter how much they want to rile up, no matter how powerful they want to become, They are fleas beneath our toes. And they become most spiteful when they realize that they cannot enter. They become very angry and very frustrated when they realize that they cannot come into this place. And and that it is themselves that prevents them from even entering. It's just the most vile part. and It's when they become even darker. And this is where you get what I call the dark beings. They feel that they're being punished as if they've been extricated, as if they've been unwanted, this ego of their humanness and rage so that they are demanding I have a right, you owe me, I suffered for you I did all these things, you pushed me to this level, you pushed me to that level I don't owe you nothing if you want to enter, there are rules if you think you're going to change those rules, you're a foolish man go on with your way, you're wasting my time pettiness, it's very unbecoming Try to remember that when you're being petty, that you don't have to be petty. That you can stop at any time you want. And the only reason why you don't stop is because there's a feeling that you must continue. There is almost a role-playing in it that you must follow out, just like when you go through your anger cycles and you observe it. Being petty, you can almost say, I'm being petty, but you keep doing it. Why? Your ego. You have to turn around and you have to say, you know what? I'm sorry I'm being petty right now. You have to stop it the moment you catch yourself doing it. It's the only way you'll help yourself. And when you make a comment, you better think about from what place is it coming from. Is it coming from your true center? Or is it coming from your your center of power or greed or lust? Or where is it coming from? If it's coming from one of those places you already know, you just choose not to listen. So stop yourself in the middle of it. Stop yourself from doing it. Stop yourself as quickly as you can consciously recognize what's going on. What kind of manipulations you're doing? What kind of selfish acts are you acting upon? You must integrate with human beings. Do not confuse what I'm trying to teach you with that. Uh, this movie, Hidden Dragon or Crouch Tiger or whatever, all of you guys must go see this movie. It's a good tool. When Star Wars comes out, there was tools for me to use, analogies. Again, a technology to show you, to help you. Do you understand? Again, other movies, I use movies all the time because it's a good teaching instruction way to help you guys get to where you need to go. Again, this is a very good movie. There's many things in it to point out to you. But there's something very interesting that you guys, again, have not quite seen but you acknowledge in your own way. The master characters... How much emotion do they show?
1: Very little.
3: Very little. It's as if they have mastered their eyes, isn't it? And you look at this person, you go, that's what I admire, don't you? Instinctively, you know the truth. Even the actors in the movie, who really aren't what they're portraying, instinctively know what is expected of a master how is it in the movies we know to to present the character in such this manner? How? Because we know. We know what's within us. We know what the truth looks like. Do you follow me? Or at least what it is a representation. Maybe they learned it from other masters. Somebody demonstrated it and they looked at it and they went, that is a master. And we know now. When we see the, the, the Kung Fu master or the spiritual master and they're just like Yes, very good. And they talk peacefully. They move gracefully. They act gracefully. That's power. They're, they're working from a place of power within them. They've, they've learned to control all of their eyes. There's a difference between faking it, though. Because it can be fake, too. But not for long. You can't hold out too long. But there's this place. When you guys admire me, when is it you admire me the most? When I really start to move up in my higher levels, and you know, I present myself in such a way that brings my tonals to a center place as one. And when I bring it to you, it is that place that you become one with me. Do you feel it? That is only the tip of what I showed you, what is behind me. Because you could not handle it, nor conceive what it really is. Now, This is what you must ask yourselves. How much of the master do you want to become? How much of the master do you want to become? You must begin to eradicate the petty eyes, the petty egos, the petty everything. You must not use me as your example for this. Because I have to use, in my own way, intensive motions to help reach you in this carnal... The solidified world is the best way that I could reach you. I could not gain your attention as the master in full. You would not have known what to make of me. Am I not telling you the truth? Oh, you can go through a movie for an hour and go, oh, he's wonderful. Try a week or a month learning something. Forget it. You're going to be like, this is too much. My brain can't handle it. I had to work from you from where you were. If only you could even begin to understand the real power of a master to have done such a thing. You think about it long, you will know that there are some masters that even go beyond the television masters. Now, it is a beautiful place that they reside in. That place that you see these characters in, how they gently and quietly talk, how they gently and quietly move, how they how they present them their themselves, their isness, is magnificent, and I hope that all of you guys can attain this someday. But you begin this attaining by self-awareness, by having it shown to you or pointed out to you now. Over time, you, you'll you find this in you. Over time, you will develop this. Now, you have a choice. You can either come with me or you can fall behind. Do you understand? Yes. Pay attention to your movements. Pay attention to how you react to things. Pay attention to when you react to something said to you, and you automate. To be truly of a higher evolution, one must try to attain a level of consciousness in a different way. And the fastest way to do it is not by mastering yourself in such a way that you force yourself to do it, but maybe cutting loose things that are not really of you, only leaving what's left leaves you as this true being. The more eyes you can get rid of, the more you resignate instead of trying to resonate more by overpowering them. It's all a process of how you think and how you feel. And when somebody turns around and they criticize you, they look at you in such a manner or whatever, you cannot let this attach to you. It doesn't matter. They are trivial. You only have to interact with them in a way that you yourself again can master yourself and your ego doesn't say, oh, you have to be all spiritual. You can't relate to them. Listen, without without causation, What do I mean by that? Turbulence. There is no life breathed into you. You need them. You need the symbolic relationship of work and integration and people. It's what will help forge you. It's what will help make you smooth and polished, like the rock stone underneath the waterfall. It takes time for it to become a perfect smooth surface. You must let the wearing and tearing of people try to pull you into their negative worlds, try to bring you into this place, but you must interact in such a way that they acknowledge... That you are something of a guiding light, something of a, of, a, of a representation that goes beyond them, that they can begin to appreciate. You can resonate and integrate. When the martial arts person, he doesn't turn around. You don't see him up in the temple, never coming down. He meditates. Yes, he says, I had a great meditation. I worked and I found this out. I found that out. He says I spent time with my teacher. I spent time with my teacher. But where is he telling this tale from? Out in the world. He's integrating, isn't he? And he may become a trainer to teach other people, which we would like to all to become trainers. But you think he was always that before he got to become the teacher, the master? No, he was carrying water, milking the cows, making his hands rough from labors and work. And you think that when he was doing that, he wasn't saying, oh, "I wish I was the master, learning." Got to learn to work with life before you become a master. You must see the truth of it. It's no trick. You learn to do all, there is another three in there. If you look carefully, you must balance all three. This is what creates the way. When they go out, is he so untouchable and such so unattainable that he can't speak to the thugs at the restaurant as to what happened? Do they not respect him? But yet he doesn't isolate himself away from them, does he? He integrates with them. He integrates with other people in the village. He integrates with what his duty was. What was his job? He was a security man. That's really what he was. Do you think that every day was a Kung Fu battle? Do you think that every month was a Kung Fu battle? Every year? There was times for one year he'd he'd probably just find himself and and attend to his labors and his needs. His work. But yet he would represent himself where people would see him. They would be like, He's just an amazing person. He's a hero. They don't even see him as the master. It doesn't matter. He didn't care. You get what I'm saying? What did I just say? He didn't care. Again. He didn't care. Again. He didn't care. Do you understand the meaning? It did not feed his ego because it was irrelevant. He didn't care if they seen him as a shoe shine boy. you understand? Why do I dress in regular clothes? Why do I not demand to have a presence everywhere I go? Why don't I not wear the jewelry and this and that? Why? It's trivial in truth to me. If I do, it is for some other reason. It is a manipulation level to work with others or to attract others or to do something. But for the most part, I don't try to stand out. I am what I am. We have to work in life. We have to integrate with life. And if you don't do that, You're lying to yourself. You're feeding a different kind of ego. And when you integrate with life, you have to find that placid place dealing with life, talking to co-workers, talking to other people. You must set the tempo. You must set the level of how you will be respected or communicated. So if you make yourself out to be foolish, then you will have the weight of other people's energies projecting you and helping you feel like this role. You will create a role for yourself. Do you understand? So how you control how other people see you is very important because it's going to have an effect on how well you do with your own training. How much success you will have is how other people view you. This is why most spiritual people leave their family at a certain point because their family looks at them in a certain way. This is why sometimes people will leave their jobs and everything and go somewhere and start a whole new life. It's not that they're not working, they work. The people don't know who this person is. He comes this quiet person, well, we don't know much about him, Yet there's some fascination about them. You don't have to do this in this day and age. You have everything here and now. You just have to recognize that you need to control the direction of, of how you are seen and how people regard you. And you cannot want for their lavishes or their attentions on you. Don't speak too much. About what? Blah 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 blah. Your shoestrings too big, you need a haircut, you need to buy new clothes. Who cares? Blah 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 blah. It's like you guys feel like you need to talk. Talk about meaningful things. If you need to take something like this, must you broadcast it to everybody? This is something trained, it's taught to you, it's automated. Go out and function and do what you need to do. But don't blah, blah, blah about nothing. When you play your computer games, you learn to blah, blah, blah. But it's a different kind of blah, blah, blah. You're wasting your time with something that's blah, blah, blah. It still does nothing for you. It is the same repetitive thing that you are being ingrained to do. It's the same game over and over again. When you go up a level, they take the creatures, they switch the look on them, it's the same program underneath, and they amp up the power abilities to that to match it. And they just It's just the same fight. It just looks optically different. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And what is it working on? It's working on your hunter gathering instinct from primitive man, making you feel like you're getting more points or more money or more power. And in the end, what is it doing? It's making you go through that dimensional loop Where you think you're moving up to level three, but you're really stuck in level two in a dimensional world that's one, two, three, looping like a, it's just sucking up your life. And you're so sucked into it because it is really a level one place, I'll be honest with you, okay, that makes you think you're on level three intellectually. But it puts you in this inner world where in the outer world you're not really progressing dimensionally. It's the same thing as smoking your pot. Just different thing, different thing, different thing, yet always the same. Self-pity. Same thing. Same thing, no progression. You think you're progressing by working on yourself, oh, I'm doing better, uh, but in the end, next week, you go right back to the fact, and you don't even think about it, that you still depressed and you're still in the same place. You've never progressed from this inner world, so you're still on level two for depression. If you can move to the fourth level, if your thinking is in hyperspeed, so is your awareness. It means that everything around you slows down. It's like a fly in its reality, and you move slow. When you go to hit, it's slower to it, even though in ours it's like this. Do you understand? If you're in the fourth level for the martial artist, doesn't it look like the person's going out to swing to you is moving slower? And you just boom, 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 boom but in our reality it looks it looks amazing this is the appeal it's again it's that sense of knowing just like the silence within the person but for me it's too much too much physical this is why i don't encourage you guys to go out and become martial artists but what i do want you to do is to learn aikido but everybody when i say aikido they go hmm. i know it's no cartwheel kicking jumping you know i'm a samurai ninja master okay your answer that you're looking for is an Aikido. Trust me. Does anybody know anything about Aikido? Tell um, me about
4: it. Aikido is basically where, it, it's not like punching and kicking or anything. It's where you, somebody uses, pushes their force against you, and you use it against them, you know, as with them. You go with their force. In other words, there's no striking in it. Okay.
3: Can you guys see a truth in that? Do you understand about that place being the master? Forget about what Hollywood presents to you. You must find the truths behind the truths. The or martial arts, even the master, is still a student to a master of hyperdimensionalness. Because the hyperdimensionalness moves so quickly, one does not even have to move to strike them with death. It already is done. And I assure you, even a master will know that. They wish they could learn the knowledge. But because they work so much from their body center, from their youth, before they become the master, they master the body, and at some point, because of their mastering, they learn about the two other centers. But by the time they do, it's too late. But they have become so vastly mastered of one center, They bow to the acknowledgment of the other two that were hidden from them. Let's talk about the eyes. In order for you to be able to go to a deeper level, you must know where they come from. I've always said in order to deal with a problem, in order to tackle it, you must not grab the tree by its leaves or the weed by its top and pluck it. You must get to the roots. Understand the source of something. You can comprehend the power of it. If you just try to deal on the surface, you can't see what's feeling it from behind. Let's use this thinking, where do the eyes come from? You have now, in this particular case, really it is three. Three. there is one that is really hidden that we must bring up, okay? You have now the body center, the emotional center, the instinctual center, and the intellectual center. The three that we are most concerned with is emotion, intellect, and body. The third, which is a product of these three, which resides here. Is instinct. It doesn't really concern us, so really we want to know about these three. But because there is a reason behind what I have to say, it is the only reason why I bring this one to the surface. But it's not something you directly can control as if you can work with these three, as you will understand. Emotion center is what? Heart, right? Heart chakra. And intellect is... What? Mind. Mind. In body, lower chakra power, you go into a restaurant, because why? You're hungry. You're hungry. Say it. You're hungry. Okay. Is that an I? Yes. yes. That's an I. You're hungry. It's telling you I want to eat. Where are we going to eat? So you start debating in your head where you're going to eat at, right? Okay, so that's all coming from an I, but we're going to start there. You go into the restaurant and they've got wood chairs or metal chairs or the high plastic ones and you sit in it a certain way. And you're sitting in it and the whole place is packed and over in the corner you see cushy ones and some people are finishing the meal and you know that eventually they're going to get up and leave but you'd have to get out of line and go back into line to get that table. But you don't know how long they're going to take to get there. So what begins to happen now? The hunger eye says I want immediate gratification but the body's saying I'm uncomfortable right? So what do we got now? Do we have two eyes? No. Now we have two eyes probably coming from the same center, body. In the third one, we have something that starts saying, well, if, you, if I get up and I go over to sit down and make myself comfortable, then I'm not going to get to eat and I'm hungry. What eye is that? That's right. You getting to see this now? Where are they coming from? They're coming from centers. Your body has its body centers. It is in charge. It's charge, per se, not to say it's powerful. It's charge is what rules it has, what it's in charge of. It's charge, what it has a list of obligations to take care of, responsibilities. It's charge is of body needs. It's to, for comfort, how you're sitting, the position you're in. If you're wounded, where's the wound? It takes care of all of these things that have to do with your physicalness. Your emotional center is charged with all of your emotions. When you see a reaction, you react, but there's also an internal reaction, and that decides how you're going to react, whether you're going to be sorry or whether you're going to be happy or whether you think it's sad or joyous or beautiful or whatever. It comes from that center, and it delegates what you're going to experience. Then the intellect. The intellect is the one that does caution. It looks to see if there's something of danger there or if it should be safe. Is this person trustworthy? Is he not trustworthy? Is it safe to put my body in this predicament? You see it's charged now, correct? You see it's list of responsibilities. Through the three, you go through your basic functionality, and from them come all of the eyes, like this one has 50 eyes, this one has 50 eyes, and this one has 50 eyes. They delegate from the three points where you look at them much the same way as the chart of the three people. You understand now? You have the variations within it. You seeing some interesting truths here now? Your body's not who you are. Your mind's not who you are. And certainly in your emotional center, is not who you are. So their needs and their wants, they pretend like they're you, but they're really not you. Where do they come from? They come from primitive man. They come from your reptilian center brain. They are your basic survival instincts that every creature born generally has. A baby has four basic functions when they're a baby. So you're born with happiness. You're born with kind of like sorrowness. You're born with an intellectual look. And you're born maybe with some other instinctual level. But you got got your, your four if you really think about it. Instinct. Let me tell you what instinct, instinct isn't like, I had an instinct, something was going to go wrong or they were a bad person. That's intellect and other centers. Instinct is survival. It's what makes your heart tick. It's what makes your organs function. It's what makes you breathe without thinking about it. Do you understand? Instinct is a sensory inside of you that keeps your body functioning. It keeps your body working even if you're not paying attention to it. It will keep functioning. You go into a coma without a car accident. Does your body stop functioning? No, it keeps working fine. It doesn't need you to be there. It still works. If you get in a car accident, the only reason why you put on life support is because it probably got damaged physically, severe damage. most cases, it still works, even with the half the brain hanging out. Okay, so instinct is not something we are concerned to study. It does no good for us to be concerned about it. It does its things, but there is something that you must understand, Every human being is afraid of death. And because you're afraid of death, it prevents you from enlightenment. It is preventing you from moving to the fourth level. Because who you are is associated with your physical death. When you go into deep meditation, some people tell me they get really nervous and stop because they feel the self separating from their body. What they're afraid of is that their body's going to stop functioning. Their heart is going to stop beating. Their breath is going to stop breathing. That their body is going to die. And therefore, who do they think they really are? Their body. So, the bottom line is, is, can they go beyond who they are if they're constantly afraid of what's going to happen to their body? No. How can you reach enlightenment? How can you go beyond who you think you are? Who do you think you are? Your body. That proves it. The reason why I'm discussing this is, is to help liberate you from this thinking. By telling you and improving to you and making a point of it that the body has instincts within itself, a mind of its own. It does not need you at all. At all. You could be totally gone in your brain and the body still will function 100% without you. So your fear of leaving the body and it shutting down is totally improperly placed. Now, you could say, well, what about people who use drugs? They get really, really drugged up, and all of a sudden their heart stops or whatever. Because there aren't drugs. It's very clear. When you leave your body, you can say that you're secreting chemicals and stuff, but No. Your brain is perfection when you utilize it in the right way. Instead of taking the car on drugs and pushing it and it burns the engine, you are working within its capabilities still. You're just doing it properly. So you can never destroy it. It's impossible. If you use outside drugs, yes, because it's induced improperly. So your fear of dying prevents you from awakening. Of course, you don't want to die and just say, oh, well, I want to get it over with. Because you need to complete the work in yourself while you're here and now in order to attain these other levels. Do you understand? So if you cut out too soon, you're going to come back and you may not make it this far again. Or depending who you are, what your circumstances are, and your past lives of your soul. But still, too much work. Why stop now? So instinct has a very particular role, even though it's not necessary in the way that we pay attention to it. We don't have to worry about controlling our heart or our lungs or whatever. So there's no purpose for us. It's a waste of time to spend your time training, mastering it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let it do its thing. Now, breathing and the mind are one thing. But to worry about whether our kidneys working in a certain way or our digestive system's work working a certain way, we can affect it. You can learn to work with it. But the point is, is, why put that kind of energy into it when it's difficult enough to master all this other stuff that will ensure your enlightenment? Where do you want to put your energy, your time? You see time linear. You see yourself young and then old. Birth, death. So you've got a certain amount of distance you've got to work with and occupy your attentions. What do you want to put them into? So we know that the eyes are starting from one of our centers, one of our emotional centers. Okay? So we now have an idea where the roots are, don't we? So the question is, is, how did they come into being? Let's figure them out even more. They came from primitive man. They are survival instincts. You have to get hungry to know you're hungry that you need to nourish the body. For what? Genetics, for the cells, for your DNA, the procreation of cellular life. That's what scientists say is the whole meaning of everything. The human man was never really designed to become self-intelligent. It was a byproduct of protecting the genes and procreating more of our species. That's what evolution is. We became intelligent by accident. How did we become intelligent? Think about it. We had to have survival instincts. Let's break down survival instincts. We needed a part of our brain to tell us who's going to eat us and who's not. Correct? Correct. Yes. So we, we now have established where the intellect came from, didn't we? By figuring out in the distance what we should run after and whether we can catch or not. Think of a lion. Is it intelligent as you? No. Know? But it must have an intellectual eye that's very crude because it knows what animal to pick out. Which one is the weakest? which one, which one It has some kind of eye, not as complex as yours, but in its own crude way, it knows what to single out. It knows when it's hungry, it's laying there, it can lay there all day, right? But how does it know when to get up and eat? Is that an intellectual eye? No. That's the body eye saying it's time to feed the body. Do something about it. I'm hungry. The intellectual eye has to take over then, and it says, okay, let's figure it out. The emotional eye knows that it must work for what reason was it created? The cups to ensure that they are going to grow and survive for their genetics, must be protected by the senior, the larger and the stronger. So this is the emotional center that comes for that. So what have we created now? Three centers, haven't we? Have you ever noticed that in lower thinking creatures, that if you really look at it, you can see their eyes, very simple? So do you see by studying animals, you can see certain things? They're very limited in how they can express these individual eyes. And some are even more simplistic when you look at creatures or you look whatever. But they can only function on simple tasks. Have you ever noticed that in lower thinking creatures, that if you really look at it, you can see their eyes, very simple? Muhammad. When he shows joy, he just rolls around, doesn't he? Does he show joy when he's eating his food? No, he's just gratifying his sensory for eating. And when he wants to gratify his need for pleasure, he goes and he, he does that. Does he does he eat doing that? Does he does he meow in pain when he's doing that? No. Can a human show joy and eat at the same time? Yes. So do you see by studying animals you can see certain things? They're very limited in how they can express these individual eyes. And some are even more simplistic when you look at creatures or you look whatever. But they can only function on simple tasks. His intellectual eye now is functioning, deciding what he's going to either do. That intellectual eye was inspired by probably either his emotional center or his body center. Half the time he looks like he doesn't know what he wants to do because he doesn't. No eye has taken over yet. So it's downtime. And so the air time downtime there's just nothing to decide on. He wants for nothing. Do you understand? Now if you look at other species you can see the ones that are more advanced the ones that are less advanced but you can still see the structuralizations of the eyes. As you look at monkeys you see that they're more complex. They have more eyes or their computer in their brain is not just a 286, it's a 386. So, what happens is, is they learn to integrate their eyes more at the same time. That appears not separate, but it is separate. It's multitasking. It's just that they're doing them so quickly intertwined that it appears as if it's one state of consciousness. So, man developed these other brains. What happened was he learned to process these motor centers, these eyes, these energy centers, where he could make them work at the same time and integrate at the same time, but they're still very individual. They're just moving so quickly, they look like it's just one kind of process that's moving on, showing emotion and joy, yet eating and pleasure and doing all this at the same time. But if you could slow them down, you would see they were very individual desires. The eyes come from primitive instinct. It's just this more complex through evolution creating better machinery for our survival instincts. You were never meant to say, I think, therefore I am. But it began to happen so fast that it started to create a kind of consciousness. This integration all of a sudden made it so you felt like you were an individual. And that's what separates you, really, from the animals in, in the world. Do you follow me? Your individualization comes from the speed that it can operate at. It's like, look at a computer game. There's computer games, and you play, ding, 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 ding. what are you looking for? You're looking for something that interacts with you, right? More plausible effects. And the more that it can, the more you relate to it as being better, right? We only are mimicking machines... We don't even know what we're doing. We do it because it's, it's like a monkey kind of seeing itself doing things, and it's recreating it. We're just doing it. We're trying to create the humanness or us in the mirror of a computer. And, and it's, it's stupid in a way, but in a way you can learn a great deal. And those of you who understand computers, you know, I speak like this, all of a sudden you're like, ah, I can see it. Because in a way it's a mirror of how your mind is working, and we're constantly trying to improve it to meet that level of, of awareness.
4: I'm seeing all these different eyes. They're all integrating, creating what seems to be us. What
2: seems to be you, what you think is you, but it's not. Right, but it's not me,
4: okay. But now, is that to say that being able to separate them is going to create a soul?
3: No, it's freeing you. It's unencumbering you. You see, because all of those eyes are slower than what you think. We cannot move slow enough, but by so doing, we move even
4: faster. Level one, first on the scale has no soul but if they all of a sudden came to understand this the eyes, which is not that difficult with your right okay? mm-hmm. is that to say that if they remove the eyes, that they would not be conscious
3: they couldn't understand it I could explain it all day long, but I would have to create their energy and spend a great deal of my own energy in order to get them to that
4: level so by, by separating the eyes, in a the sense they would create a soul
3: Yes, but it would collapse, or they couldn't separate their eyes. You have to make it also. You have a centered pillow probably from past lives. They don't. Separate the eyes, it creates insanity. By slowing down the eyes, they are removed so that you kind of go slow, 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 and it bursts then into a dimensional place. It's... (laughs) But to you in there, it just goes... It's that place that the karate masters is like going, oh, to them, it's just like, it's slow. It's the only way that I can describe what does not have words. In essence, by removing your eyes, you're kind of going slow, or you're battling yourself biochemically, So that by slowing the chemical process, that there's only one thing left, and that's to make the electricals fly all over the place without having to stop all the time for the chemicals. So this is why I say we cannot go slow enough. By slowing down, you can be attentive. What is so fast then that you're so aware of everything? Have you ever noticed that when you really get into that place, when you really start to go to that place where you're just like, that there is this ultra-sharp awareness about you? Think about it, people. You're a little slow. Why is it that you crave to go to that place? Why is it you say, Eric, you're in between now? Yes. It appears slow, but I'm moving so fast. By slowing the body, by becoming aware of the body, by making everything stop for observation, you slow it down. You're like, wait a minute, let's really look at this. You're slowing down this so that you can free it up some other way. Because it ain't going to stop. Light can only go, okay, it's got all this momentum, and all of a sudden you're slowing down what it's used to doing. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, everything's stopped now, Uh, 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 and it has to go. It has to move. Do you understand? So then it sets itself free. You're on this other level, and you're like hyperdimension. Do you understand? That is what you're craving. That's where you're heading into. And all of a sudden, the brain goes, oh, we're back again, hang on. And all of a sudden, you're back down again, and you're into the slow speed, what seems fast again, but it's only in this dimension. And when you begin to try to conceive it or analyze it, it's almost impossible. Because, again, you're working from this place. But when you go through the, the hallway and you feel that feeling, note that your emotions are almost nil. Note that you're very aware of your body, but yet it's you go beyond it. Note that you have very little chit-chat in your head, if any at all, that you're experiencing at some tremendous highest level. But it goes beyond words. And you learn eventually to operate from that place. And that's when you're just barely heading into the fourth But unless you have training and you have discipline, sometimes you get so frustrated with you, you can't do it. It'll break you down. Because you haven't been working with your teacher. You haven't been practicing right. Look at her. You see? This is a very big push for her. You see how it's affecting her? It's a huge, but she's still from she's in that like level two working in the level three. We just pushed her to the break of four. And look what she's look at how her body is. Look how she is right now. Study it, learn it to be this way. I'm not trying to make no, I'm trying to won't. help yeah. them. And how it do you helps. feel right now? How do you feel? They're all
4: watching
3: me. But how do you feel? How do help I them. Feel?
4: Yes. I feel tired. I feel like um <laughs> like crawling.
3: Yes, weak. And yes, and, I feel and thick. very weak. Very thick. Yes, and that is an energy because she's questioning. She's going to that place. Remember I said you've got to be very careful if you don't have a soul, a pillar. She has one, but she hasn't really fully created it yet. It's unstable. Did you see what she just did? What did she just do? What else did she she do? Deep breath. breath. She's very attentive to her breathing now, right? It's freaking you out a little bit, right? Don't worry about it. And you're sweating. Why are you sweating? Because you're shifting. You're moving faster than what the body can relate to. That's what's happening. This is a hyperdimensionalist. It's where it all moves. In fact, right now, there's a very pristine level of energy even in here. But it takes a certain kind of awareness to even subtly even know it's here. Okay. I have to bring myself back down again now. That's what that is. When you hear me breathe like that, it's I'm too high and I'm gonna lose you guys, so I have to come down and start pulling you back again, okay? Okay. In the movie we were talking about what they tuck in this leaping jumping kind of of thing must have came from a sense of dream state for anxiety. In anxiety dreaming, we run, we jump in the air, and we fly a certain distance. Most of the time we have to kick our feet or we glide in a way. Okay, and then we come to a stop, but we can only go so far before we have to land again. Sometimes we can hold it, sometimes not, but that goes a little bit differently. But general anxiety dreaming is when you can fly only above the treetops. You don't find that you can shoot out like Superman, that there's some kind of limitation, or that there's some kind of law of physics that you don't really understand, but you know that you're being affected by it. The real question is, is how did this come to be? And I explained to them that it most likely came into being from primitive man again. That somewhere along the line we probably fell in water or went into water, and all of a sudden we freaked out because we had no level of control. We couldn't, we couldn't push ourselves up here. We had no way of knowing how to swim, so our hands flailed constantly, and it was a, a tremendous sense of helplessness. Okay, which is what is the anxiety part? When we feel this anxiety, all our brain recognizes is the chemical in it, and it puts into sequence different things to help you regulate. So I said, or you could say at some point in your life, most likely someone threw you in water or you went into water and you had a certain level of panic because you didn't know what to do with it. It felt very foreign to you. But after a while, you learned that you could control it through, through movements, correct? Or that you could move a distance through controlling the level of the water and how it worked with you, correct? Yes. And that's how it gets incorporated into the dream. In the dream... You run, you jump, you probably have an anxiety from from your day in life, and in your dream world it comes out as as a feeling, a feeling of helplessness per se. But in your dream you realize that you can run and you can kick your feet, that you have control. So there's this semi-sense of having no control, and then there's another sense of saying that you do have control. So it's a happy medium, so you can only go a certain distance before you have to land again. What is even more interesting is, it's much like swimming in water, you eventually learn to swim underwater, and you glide through the water. Maybe you give yourself a push and you just move, right? Well, you do this in your dream. You jump, you move. But there's something that most people don't realize that they're doing in their dream. If you spend very, very close attention to yourself, without letting your body get distracted, or your thoughts you'll realize that you're holding your breath when they're doing it. That your breath almost begins to slow when you see them leap. If you think about it, when you think about making yourself fly, don't you think it in a way that you you have absolute kind of like this thing where you're holding your breath and you leap? And if you have to breathe, you have to land because you're going to hit ground again? Think of the correlation now. Now think of another correlation. Breathing is connected to your thinking. Your thinking in this dimension is what holds you here. When you hold your breath in meditation, have you ever noticed it's as if you can keep your thoughts a lot quieter or completely quiet? There's a correlation, correct? In the in-between, the full time and space, we need absolute silence and operate from a higher place. When you do this, and when we're talking about this, and you leap, and you fly, even right now, your brains have become quiet even thinking about it. You can also, for this energy that's here in your chest right now, almost a slight heaviness, it's almost like you're breathing, but you're breathing in a certain way right here, as if you're containing and holding it so that you can propel your mind forward, so that it can move without moving. There's a great secret in this. When you shift your consciousness to a higher place, you will find that your breathing And your clarity of mind can move you to a higher place. How long have you been trying to be this silent in your training, in your mind? Do you understand? you see how quiet your mind has become? How still you've become? Which brings us back now to the beginning of the classroom, Talking about the masters. And they seem to have very limited eyes. That They work from probably only enough to work with you. Do you understand? Yes, yes. They operate from this higher place. So your breathing can be used as a tool. If you know how to breathe. Some students go to learn to breathe minimal 20 years to shift their consciousness. We've just used a wormhole to show you a kind of breathing. Now that you've been there, you should be able to find your way back. So if you sit and you think about that place, do as I say now. Breathe shallow. Feel here. Slowly. Slower. Everything about you, slower. Now feel the clarity of your mind. And know that this is the crudest level of the beginning, yet it's light years ahead of the normal organic brain. Do you understand? Do you understand? Focus on the breathing now as one of your tools. Find that place where you're holding your breath, but you're not holding your breath. Breathe very slowly and shallowly, but become absolutely comfortable with it. And instinctually know that your body will take care of itself. Don't worry about it. Set yourself free, but use the breathing to give you the state of mind to will yourself now to go forward. One last secret. In the movie Dune, they spoke about folding space. Explain to them what you learned about our conversation about
4: folding space and how you realized when I was discussing you how it works. As I was meditating, I would feel, close your eyes and you see the blackness not letting light in, you know, within your vision, and first you think that you're just looking with your eyes, Um, and then you realize that as you feel the tones change and you feel yourself kind of moving, it's almost as if the space that you're looking at gains depth, almost gains, like, three-dimensionality, where, like, you almost feel like you can see distance, and you're not just seeing your eyelids, and it's almost as if that depth changes in texture, and, and, and it just feels as if you have moved, but brain says, no, I'm just focusing my eyes on different places within my vision. But my eyes are closed. And I think that that is... If you could slowly if you could keep that momentum going, I think that you are moving.
3: In the movie Dune, they have what are called the pilots. And the pilots are these human beings that have used so much spice that they've somehow learned to evolve to a point where they can move space without moving travel without without movement so they go into these big tubes and and that's their the navigational helm that's kind of where they operate from and they go in there and they allow all of these spaceships to go inside these tubes where they're, they're huge like giant football fields that go miles okay and they all go in there and in order for them to go from the space they're in now across the universe, if they were to travel in linear time, like moving from here to there, traveling, like you guys are going to drive home, okay, it would take them probably over 100,000 years at their fastest speed or moving at the speed of light. So what happens is is that these creatures go into the navigation home. With all of this also from ancient teachings that this guy used to create this book as his concept. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's a lot more truth to this than you think. The creature then somehow projected his mind in such a way that he encompassed the whole ship as him being one. Okay? As if it was him. Kind of like how I've taught you to simulate. Takes the ship and assimilates it, it as one. And within his own mind, goes from out, in, and he's in that place now, somewhere across the universe. It becomes non-existent. Where you choose to exist by making it so real, refabricates and thus you have moved to that place, literally. It's advanced thinking for you guys. You still have a long ways to go. That's it.
0: A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation Meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available, at HigherBalanceBooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's HigherBalanceBooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at Institute all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at
1: higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken Or whether you just simply drift Energy More than just a thought but of movement that you can literally feel through your body Visions more than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather A vivid reality so clear, it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life. Consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are, and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world.